Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. I was trying to decide whether to uh, read the scripture first and then do the uh, thoughts that I have. We've been, those of you that are visiting, this is our third session on gospel stewards. But what I would like to do is just read you the scripture of what God says from the Old and the New Testament. You know, if the devil can't keep you off the horse, he'll try to push you off the other side. He is a liar. He's a thief. He's a murderer. And he will try to twist what God says. And he'll try to get you to hear the wrong thing. And he can come to that young man and whisper stuff in his head. Try to discourage you. Get your eyes. You know, if you're trying to run somewhere and you look at the ground and you hang your hands at your side, what's going to happen? You're going to fall down just shortly, okay? you got to have your head up, eyes open, and you got to lift those hands up and move. Uh, and Hebrews 12 talks about that. Today... Uh, as we go into part three, the first week, Eric gave a wonderful message and laid a great foundation on uh, our relationship with God. And God has 2,350 verses about money and possessions because he knows that we think about that a lot. And he gives us a lot of good guidance. And, and so the reason we're doing this is that we believe it is so important. Most, many, many, many marriages are destroyed because of disobeying Bible principles of finance. You, you're both working so hard trying to get that stuff that don't even talk anymore. Uh, in bondage. And, and so we don't want to put you onto a guilt trip. And you may look and say, oh, I wish you told me this 10 years ago. Well, get where you are and tell God you want to be where he wants you. And it's amazing what he does. It is incredible what he does. The stories that we could tell of how he works and helps. But I just want to encourage you today, reading the scriptures to you about um, so if you have a pen and paper, you may want to get your bulletin. You can write these down. Um, it was several pages, so I didn't want to copy them all. But you can write these down. We'll start with Psalm 34, 9. We together over there? Okay. All right. Oh, and, and I'm going to read this with just a little bit of comment. But most of the time, just read you the scripture. It's pretty obvious. This is word of, the word of God. Oh, fear the Lord. Have a profound respect mixed with love and all. You, his saints. How many here are saints? If you're a child of God, you're a saint. You're not a saint, you're an ain't. One or the other, all right? Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for to those who fear him, there is no want, no lack of any good thing. Psalm 34, 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. You know, in Africa, I grew up in Africa, and lions, after the lion gets up to a certain age, he gets kicked out. His mama says, I'm going to have other kids. Go take care of yourself. I taught you, and if you didn't take lessons, you're going to be a hungry lion. And the young lions, they're not experienced, and they jump too soon. They don't sneak good enough, and some of them die when they get pushed away. God says the young lions may lack and suffer hunger, but those who... Uh, 
seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. I want to encourage you today to fear the Lord, to seek the Lord. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus said, ask, A-S-K, ask, seek, not, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you might find. Will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds unto him who knocks. It will be opened. What man, verse, verse 9, what man uh, is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, go ahead and do the next verse if you got it there. If you then, being evil, give good gifts to your children, listen, how much more? Say that with me. How much more will your heavenly Father give what is good to those who ask Him? You may not be asking. James 4, 1 says you have not. 2 says you have not because you ask not. You're not plugged in. I hope that you know that you're a child of God. I hope that you know that he loves you so much that he sent his son down here when you were his enemy to die for your sins and my sins and through faith in, and raised him from the dead with power that overcame the, the strongest power of the devil of death and all of our sins on him. Raised him from the dead and he sits at the right hand of the father ruling and reigning. He is God Almighty, not just in heaven, through the whole universe. I hope that you know him. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself. In the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You can trust him. Matthew 6, 25. For this reason, Jesus said, I say to you, don't be worried about your life for what you will eat or what you will drink or your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look. At the birds of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, nor do they gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Oh, I love this part. Are you not worth much more than they? Look at your neighbor and say, you're worth much more than a bunch of crows. Roger, turn around and tell Bob, you're worth more than a bunch of crows. All right. God says, you're worth much more than them. I take care of them. I take care of the, the, the little chickadees. I take care of all of them. You, you'll see them pecking around Monday, get, trying to store up because Tuesday's going to be rough. God says, I'm providing for them. Matthew 6, 32, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. But your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need all these things. Seek first, first priority. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Extend, listen, does God rule in your heart and life? Is he king of your home? Is he king of your thoughts? Is he king of your life? And are you seeking to make him king in everybody's heart around you, in your family, in your friends, in the people that you encounter? You know, in one of the videos I didn't show last week, uh, last week we, we showed some videos from Voice of the Martyrs uh, of people giving their lives. And this young man, the whole busload of them, they were getting ready to kill them all, some guerrillas down in Columbia, South America. And he was kneeling there with his hands tied behind his back. His friend was over there begging them, don't shoot us. I want to live. I'm just young. He says, you might as well quit talking to them. He said, you need to be talking to God. 
and he started talking to God and he started singing and one of the men came over there with his rifle about knocked him down and he was laying there and later on after they shot everybody they said make sure everybody's dead one of them came over there to stick him but he survived that experience but what his last thought was I haven't witnessed to these people I haven't told them about Jesus and that's what they really need to know how high in your priority of thinking is Jesus Christ you know how high how much do you love him is he your thought uh, every uh, day as you're walking is he the first priority? Jesus said seek first his kingdom and his righteousness I'll take care of all that other stuff Verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yes, we're supposed to plan. Yes, we're supposed to get, but don't be worried. Don't be getting ulcers, worrying about all that. You may not even be here tomorrow. Jesus could come back. You may not be here tomorrow. All kinds of things can happen, and you might be in heaven. Isn't that depressing thought? No, it's a good thought. Somebody told me here a while back, they said, well, I said, how you doing? He said, well, every day above ground is a good day. And I said, well, I'm always going to be above ground. I just may be higher uh, <laughs> later than I am now. <laughs> but I'm always going to be above ground. Because <laughs> when they put my body in the ground, I'm there. First uh, Timothy 6, 6. But godliness is actually a means of great gain when accompanied by... Everybody say contentment. Are you contented? Are you contented? You know, we're coming into Christmas and, and the, the advertisers are trying to get you all covetous, trying to get you all depressed because you don't have all that stuff. I mean, I watched them advertise the ninja, whatever it is, cooker. The other day I told Martha, I said, are you just really, really excited about that? No, I got a cooker. Uh, you know, but I, I mean, trying to stir that up. We can be content. If you needed it, you would have it. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, verse 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and uh, so we cannot take anything out of it either. There's a little saying that they used to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I don't like that. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done with Christ will last. Don't do stuff for him. That may not be what he wants you to do. Do stuff with him. Do stuff with him. And uh, you'll be found to be a good and a faithful servant. Living and walking in the word of God and in the spirit of God. Verse 8. If we have food and clothing or covering with these, we shall be content. Everything else is a bonus. If you have food to eat today, Close to eat today. God says everything else is a bonus. Don't worry about tomorrow. Now I know that's easy to say. But if you really trust him. God fed one and a half million people. In the wilderness for 40 years. Every day. And we'll read a verse in a little bit there. My mother says it's amazing. Their feet never swelled. 40 years walking in the desert. And their feet never swelled. My mother says that's a miracle. But their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. God can make your stuff last. Who are you trusting in? 
You know, what Jesus and the Bible's teaching about money is don't put your faith in stuff here. Don't put your, don't put your faith in that. It's okay to have that, but don't put your faith in that. Put your faith in him. Lay up your treasure there. He is my security. I have a security system for the house, but he's the one I trust. Uh, I, I have some money in the bank, but he's the one I trust. That can be gone in a second. He's the one I, I, I trust going down the road. I swerved over the other day coming down Yukon because there's this car. This, this lady went by me still a little bit on my side. She's looking down at the seat beside her. Oh, you know, you can just go bye-bye on Yukon in a hurry. Uh, people do it, doing other stuff. Verse, 1 Timothy 6, 9. Those who want to get rich. I won't ask you if you want to get rich. Those who want to get rich fall into temptations and snares and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. How many would love to be ruined and destroyed? When you put it that way, you say, well, no, that's dumb. Well, he says, if you are seeking after money, if you can't stand, you know, you'll, you'll get into a trap. You know, we, we were talking a while ago, Sam said, if you want to go free, go free. In Africa, we would get a five-gallon uh, gas can, and we would put a little hole in it, about that big, put sand in the bottom of it, and put peanuts in it. And then if you put it out there, guess what? Little monkeys, they can just smell those peanuts. And they are so nosy. They're even nosier than my cat. And I mean, they'll come over there after a little while, sniff down in there, and the other monkeys will start chattering, and they're a bit nervous. Finally, one of them come over there, and he'll reach down and grab those peanuts, and he'll pull up, and guess what? When he has a fist, he can't get his hand out. Ask me if he'll let go of that. No, you walk over there, whatever you want to do. If you want to eat monkey that day, you just bump him a hard one in the head. If you just want to take him and sell him, then you just knock him a little bit in the head. But he won't let go. He'll hang on. Are you going to be like a monkey, hanging on to stuff down here until you get killed? No, let go, let go, let go. The real treasure is Jesus. In him is wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Everything that you need. Jesus Christ has made to me all I need. All I need. He alone is all my plea. He is all I need. Wisdom, righteousness, and power. Holiness forevermore. My redemption full and sure. He is all that I need. For the love of money, verse 10. The love of money, not money. The love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some longing for it have wandered away from the faith. You can be in the faith, but you can be seduced, distracted, and wander away from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue. This is what you need to be chasing after. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Now, do you believe that? How many believe that? Will you do it? How many do it? <laughs> Lord help. Verse 17. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited. I used to work in a body shop and I had to do the detailing and stuff like that. So they'd bring their Cadillacs and their Mercedes and their nice cars. And I would be doing stuff inside them. So every day I had to drive them and clean them up and stuff. And you know, after I drove that Mercedes for three days, it's almost like it was mine. I was already taking it for granted. And I didn't even own it. And the Lord, serious, and the Lord really showed me. The thing that you think you can't live without, you know, I have at my house uh, an electric airplane. You know, it's about this long. I've wanted one of those since I was seven years old. 
I have wanted one of them. I always just dreamed of flying one of them around. That thing's never been off the ground. I could never find time to take it out when the wind's not too strong, get it there, battery charged up, do all that stuff with that thing. But it's there. I won't let Martha throw it away. I hope one of these days I'm going to fly that thing. But so much of life is that way. We get, get our hearts distracted and go off here. No, 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 no. It's very simple. Focus on the Lord. Ask him to guide you day by day. And don't be led astray. Flee from these things, you man of God. And pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and perseverance and gentleness. Instruct those who are rich in the world not to be conceited, but to fix their hope, uh, not to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Now listen, listen, just wait. Did you hear that last part? Who richly what? With all things to enjoy. You don't have to be ashamed to have money. You don't have to be ashamed to have stuff. God Almighty richly supplies you with things to enjoy. But don't let them have your heart. You know, I had a friend when I lived in Chatsworth, her son... Her son sometimes would get greedy with his toys, and, and, and I'd bring some kids over there, and if they were playing and he wouldn't share his toy, his mom would say, oh, well, you can have it. And he would she would take his toy and give it to the other kid. She taught him, share or it goes bye-bye. <laughs> God says, don't be greedy. Don't hang on tight. Share, share as God directs you. Don't let it have your heart. Uh, verse 18, do instruct them to do good. To be rich in good works. To be generous and ready to share. How can you be so much in debt that you don't dare give a dollar? You know, be ready to share when God tells you to. Storing up for yourselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future. So that you may take hold of that which is life indeed. My daddy told me one time, son, don't have so much stuff that if God told you to move, you can't move. Hang on loosely to stop. Uh, Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. These are promises. I, I, I don't know. As I read these this week, it really encouraged me. I hope it works for you. Um, if not, tell me. That was awful, Steve. Can't believe you read all that stuff to us. Psalm 84, 12. Oh, Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. Proverbs 10.3, the Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger, but he will reject the craving of the wicked. There are some people that God's not listening to their prayers. There are some people that God uh, rejects because they refuse to pursue him in his ways. The wages of the righteous is life. <laughs> That's the most basic. What would you trade for your life? A Mercedes? A mansion? A vacation in somewhere? Would you trade your life for that? You say, well, that's silly. I'd be dead. I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> the wages of the righteous. Walk with God righteously. Let him guide your life. The income of the wicked is punishment. The, I, uh, I, the Lord, am your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, God says, and I will fill it. I delivered you. I want to bless you. Psalm 81, 11, but my people did not listen to my voice and Israel, God's people did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their hearts to walk in their own devices. You wouldn't walk with me. You wouldn't let me hold your hand. You want to go your way. I let you, but that's not the way you really want to go. 
Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord will pretend obedience to him and their time of punishment will be forever. But I would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Jehovah Jireh means what? God, our provider. If he can't provide it, you don't need it. He can. He speaks gold into existence. He speaks things into existence. He spoke creation in, into existence. He can provide for you immediately what you need. Uh, Jesus needed to pay taxes. He told Peter, go over there, catch the first fish, comes out. There's a piece of gold in his mouth. That's enough for you and me. Uh, there was uh, 5,000 men plus women plus children. They've been following Jesus for three days. And he said, boys, we need to feed them. They said, good grief. It'd take forever to have enough money to feed them. We need to send them home. He said, no. What you got? Five loaves and two fishes. And what did he do? Fed 5,000 men plus women plus children and 12 baskets left over at the end of it. That's our God. And he's not dead. His battery's not run out. And he's not distracted. He's not getting old and feeble and, see, feeble and senile and forgetting you. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He can provide in any situation that you're in. He can provide what you need. Be a prayerful person. Walk living to please him. He is God that's worthy to be worshipped. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for... <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you. Be anxious for nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Roger, say it louder. <laughs> nothing. We are not allowed to worry. You know, people tell me every once in a while, take care. Now, I know what they mean. Sometimes it's just being a smart mouth. And I'll say, no, that's not biblical. The Bible says be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, pray. And cry out to God. And then thank Him in advance, in, in advance because you trust Him. And, your, and let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God. Whatever situation you're in. Which surpasses all comprehension. You can't understand. You can't describe it. Will guard your heart and your mind. Through Christ Jesus. That's who we want to worship. That's who we want in charge of everything in our life. Finally my brethren. Verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, of good reputation, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell. Let your mind rest on these things. Pursue after them. Pursue character before God, not money. Now, that would also wipe out some TV too, right? Verse 12. I know, Paul said, how to get along with humble means and also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret, learned the secret, he had to learn it, of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Hebrews 13, 5, make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Elisha came back after Elijah went to heaven in the chariot. He came to the river, had that mantle, said, where is the God of Elijah? Bam! Hit the Jordan River, and guess what it did? Opened up, and he walked over in dry land. All the prophets standing up on the hill said, whoa! They did that going. That was Elijah, but here comes Elijah that same way. Same God. 
God Almighty. We sometimes, we say, yeah, I believe in all that stuff. I believe in that, but that's not for today. Oh, my God's the God who makes a way. Amen? Look where we're sitting. For those of you that just came here, we used to sit in that corner over there. There's 35 of us, including kids. And, and we put our screen on a table, round table, and had a little overhead projector. And uh, I talked Linda Van Fleet into playing piano for me. Uh, bless her heart. Uh, and, and we started, thank God, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord is doing. If you could just see and know the things that he uh, wants for us, that is amazing. Uh, so Paul says, I've learned to be content. Uh, he said, I'll never desert you. God says, I'll never desert you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Peter was in jail. They were going to get ready to cut his head off. And what happened? God said, not today. And he sent an angel and freedom. The apostles all got put in jail. And they were going to try them. And an angel came, set them loose, said, go down to the temple and start preaching again. They went down there. Can your God do that? Can your God do that? Do you really believe that? See, you may have come in here with worries and cares and things that are weighing down on you. Uh, all of us have troubles. All of us have pressures. But we serve the living God. Pray. Cry out to him. Thank him in advance for what he's doing. And if he doesn't do a thing, it's still better than you and I deserve. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. Worthy to be worshipped. He is God. And we were created for his pleasure. Uh, verse Hebrews 13, 14. We don't have a lasting city here, but we're seeking a city which is to come. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Cora, thank you for coming down there. She got down there, you know, and sometimes when I see somebody crying at the cross there, I think, oh, what a burden they have. She was just praising God, praising God, praising God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And, and rejoicing in that. Oh, God should hear us praising him. The little birds get up in the morning praising God. And, and we should get up praising uh, God. I wish the roosters wouldn't do it so early in the morning. But anyway, uh, through him, then let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. Uh, verse 16, and don't neglect doing good and sharing for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. When you give something nice to somebody, when you do something nice for somebody, God says, oh, look at that. Look at that. I like that. And he's liable to give you something else because you share. You know, if God gives you a box of candy and tells you to go share, and you hop and say, mine, 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 mine. Look at my box of candy. See? You want, God says, ah, can't trust them. But if you say, oh, come here, come here, come here, and you give. And there's one left, and you really like it, and it's a cherry one. And you say, I'd rather you be happy than me. You can have it. God loves that. Amen? He does that. And so many of you are such generous people here. It is, you, you have that loving, giving heart. And I'm so thankful to, to be among you and to, to see that. Uh, verse uh, James 1.17. Every good thing, everything good that's in this world. And every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights. With whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. God is nice even to wicked people. He sends rain on them. Gives all kinds of nice things to them. Let's them keep breathing his air and eating his apples. He is so kind. Proverbs 13, 25. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite. But the stomach of the wicked is in need. Philippians 4, 18. 
Paul says, I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you sent. In other words, I didn't have anything, and you all sent some money over here. You sent some stuff over here. It's a fragrant aroma, acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply. Everybody say, will supply. Will supply. supply. Say it again. God will supply all your needs according to his riches at Fort Knox. Riches in Christ Jesus. It's inexhaustible. If he runs out of gold, he just makes some more. Poof. Go. I hope that you leave this place encouraged. I hope that you leave this place thinking how great is our God. Worshiping God and walking with him. And then, you know, when, when, when you start having something and you, you feel like you got a burden, don't, don't just go to God and tell him your big problem. Tell your problem how big your God is. Amen. Just go and say, my God is able to take care of this health problem, financial problem, children problem, uh, work problem, every kind of problem. God loves you and God it will work in your life. Just be in the place where he can work. Psalm 107, 8. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his, lo- for his loving kindness. You know, I love, I-, I tell you all this, I love watching a mama with a kid. Yesterday we were at the wedding there. And, you know, I just love watching ma- young mamas with their little babies. They're so tender with them. It's so nice. And I got to hold uh, and see, see the baby drinking and doing all that. It's just wonderful. God's loving God is loving towards you. He's kind uh, towards you. And, and uh, let, the, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul. Your, thir- your soul may be thirsty sometimes. It may be hungry sometimes, but satisfaction is coming in Jesus. And he has filled uh, the hungry soul. He is filled with what is good. Job thirty-eight forty-one. Who prepares for the raven its nourishment? Who prepares for the crow his possum in the road? Now, I try not to run over them, but I, you know, it's so funny, those crows. Uh, they're there, you know. And, man, that's good. Uh, they're, they're thankful. When the young cry to God and wander without food. Psalm 104, 23. Many go forth to his work. And man goes forth to his work and, la- and his labor until evening. And all wait for you to give them their food in due season. Romans eight thirty one. What should we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but when we were his enemies, doomed and damned and headed to hell, gave his own son. How will he not with him freely give us all things? So it makes smart sense to be with him as close as you can, right? Is this good? I hope this is the word of God encouraging your heart and that you write these down, meditate them on, meditate on them later. Second Corinthians 9, 6. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. In other words, you're stingy with God. He'll be stingy with you. You're generous with God. He's got plenty to be generous with you. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly. It's not what you do compared to somebody else. It's what you do compared to what he wanted you to do. Amen? Uh, Or under compulsion. But God loves a cheerful giver. Ask him what he wants you to do. And then do what he says. And you will rejoice. You know, one of the people here in church... One time was at, at, at a service and wrote out his check. And then 
uh, felt like God wanted him to write out an even bigger amount. God? I already wrote a check. That's a pretty big check. I don't know if I want to write another one, but he said, I already knew God's voice, so I knew if I didn't do it, I'd be miserable. So he wrote that bigger check, gave it in the offering. The next day, a guy came in there and gave him a big pile of money, and he says, what you doing? He says, you've been helping me the last three years, and you, you never charge me anything. I just owe you. And it was to the penny, the amount that he gave the day before. Amen? Amen. My friend John Enright, my friend John Enright that I grew up with in grade school, high school was over in, in Zambia, and he was trying to figure out ways to help those pastors make money, help people make money there so that they could have a, a little better standard of living and, and help them. So he bought six. Uh, somebody fronted him some money, he bought six uh, sawmills, portable sawmills. I forget the name of them. Ricky knows the, what they are. But anyway, they had those six sawmills over there, and he put them out in some good places where they would be able to provide work for people, provide lumber, sell it, and they were supposed to pay him back some, and then uh, make a living for themselves. And all six sawmills got stolen. And Johnny was sitting at his house, said, God, I think I did what you told me to do, and now I'm in a pickle. Because to pay that back, I have nothing uh, here that's going to be able to pay that back. His phone rang, and it was a man in Lusaka that he didn't know. Lusaka is the capital of Zambia. Said, uh, my name, I think, I'm not positive, I won't swear to this, and since it's being recorded, I won't say anything. Uh, anyway, he's a guy that we probably know from over uh, in Gainesville. Anyway, he said, I'm so-and-so, and I'm here in Lusaka. I wonder if you would come talk to me. Johnny thought, that's a strange request. A guy I don't even know coming from America wants to talk to me, but he's a Christian leader, so okay, God. And he drove there. So this had done talk. He said, would you mind driving me out to your place three and a half, four hours and just show me around? He said, well, okay. But he's thinking, I have to drive him there, drive him back, and then drive back home. This is, a, you know, eating up two days. But he took him. So as they walked around, he showed him the banana plantation that he had, showed him the Bible school where he was training people from Zambia and from Zaire and from Zimbabwe and the kind of work he was doing and he'd been doing for years, showing him around. And the guy says, could you tell everybody to leave? I need to talk to you privately. And he said, well, okay. So they go and sit down. He says, God told me that you owe a bunch of money. And he said, well, that's true. He said, well, tell me about that. So he told him about the six sawmills. He said, that's all? He said, yes. He said, well, he said, well, me and my wife decided a long time ago that at the end of every month after our bills are paid, we give away all the money that we have. Every month. That's what God had called them to do. He said, if somebody comes to me on the last day of the month after I've given that money out and says I need something, I say, I don't have anything. And I'm telling the truth. I don't. He said, God has to provide for me. He said, oh. I'm so relieved. He said, I, God sent me over here, told me that you owed money, and I thought you must have been mismanaging funds, and I was going to have to rebuke you, pray for you, and do that. He says, you just owe for six sawmills? He said, yes. He said, how much? He told him how many thousand dollars it was. He said, great. Wrote a check and went back to America. Do you believe that? Yes. It's a true story. That's our God. God is intimately involved with us. Do what he says. You can trust him. You can walk with him and, and rest in him and, and, and believe him.
God is able, verse 2 Corinthians 9, 8, to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you have abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply, supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, if you're willing to give, God will give to you so you can give more and everybody's going to be happy. He will be happy. People you give to will be happy and you'll be blessed. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality that through us, uh, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Acts 20, 35. In everything, Paul said, I showed you by working hard in this manner. You must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Second Peter 1, 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And I would like you to meditate there in those verses. God has given us wonderful promises so that we can become closer and closer to him and experience the fullness of what he has for us. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For by the standard of measure, by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Live a generous life in cooperation with God. Uh, Deuteronomy 29.5, God said, I led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes didn't wear out. Your sandals didn't wear out on your foot. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, my daddy's favorite verses. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, don't lean to your own understanding. In everything you do, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight or he will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't choose your own ways, the ways of this world. God's ways are not man's ways. He said, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. Now, you young people, as we talk to you, you young married couples, as we talk to you, you know, learn to pray about what you need. Do you need a new car? Don't just run out and say, well, I think we can afford it and go into payments for an endless amount of prayer. Ask God, guide and lead, move, talk with your brothers and sisters and pray about that. Pray about a house, pray about what, and if you can't afford it, it's okay. Your car doesn't make you. A man is not, your significance is not the stuff that you got. That's the American nightmare, or I mean, American dream, uh, that, that what you have determines who you are. No. In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body. A lot of people got ulcers and high blood pressure and all kinds of physical problems because they're stressed out trying to have enough money to buy stuff to impress people they don't even like. <laughs> Honor the Lord with your wealth and from the first of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, I'm going to have to skip some of these. Uh, you can say this one with, with me. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. What's another word for want? Lack any good thing. So the smart thing to do is be real close to the shepherd. And the last verse says, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever while I'm here my good shepherd is guiding providing protecting he says he prepares a table before me in the presence of wolves are out there howling I'm gonna have lamb chops for supper the good shepherd says don't worry about it just go ahead and eat your grass 
I'm here. The world around us is scary. The world around us, I mean, things are happening. And in this country, it's nicer than in other places. But the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shield. He is my protector. And I am going to have goodness and mercy all the days of my life. Then one day dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Uh, Philippians 3, 7. Whatever things were gained to me, Paul says, those I've counted lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things but loss. He said, I've given up everything with the goal of the value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of everything and count them but rubbish. In other words, I don't even value what I give up so that I can gain Christ, Philippians 3, 9, that I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith that I may know him and the power that raised him from the dead and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death uh, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus the Lord. Um, I'd like to just share, you know, I have several <laughs> more scriptures that I could read for you. But I would like just in these last few minutes to share uh, a couple of other things uh, with you. Um, I encourage you that if you'll look on YouTube and look in your books, you can get a uh, look at Ron Blue, Ron Blue, Howard Dayton, Larry Burkett, and Randy Alcorn are all authors that talk about finances from a Christian's perspective. Ron Blue, Howard Dayton, Larry Burkett, Randy Alcorn, and I'll try to have some of this in the bulletin for you uh, next week. Uh, Ron Blue uh, was talking to a Kenyan pastor. Now, Ron uh, went to Wall Street, and he became the most successful CPA in the whole country at that time. I mean, he made a fortune. He later became a Christian and began devoting his life to serving the Christian community and got him there. But he went to Kenya, and he asked a the pastor there, what is hindering the gospel being spread in Kenya? He said, materialism. He said, materialism? What do you mean? He said, the man with a mud hat wants a brick hut. If he's got thatch on his roof, he wants metal on his roof. If he's got one acre, he wants two acres. If he's got one goat, he wants five goats. If he's got one cow, he wants two cows. It's always more now. More now. That is the seduction of that. That I, I, I need more now. No. God is supplying all your needs. You can trust him. And if you have so much stuff, you won't be able to move around. You can trust him. It's okay if you have lots. Just don't hang on to that. First uh, uh, Timothy 6, you can uh, read that. Who owns it all anyway? How much is enough? Money is a tool that God uses to test us. There are basically five pieces to your financial pie. What I owe, taxes, giving, living, and money to invest and grow. The Bible provides wisdom for all of those pieces of the pie. Hebrews 13, 5 says, be content, not covetous. Number one. Uh, and I'll put these in the bulletin for you next, next week. Spend less than you earn. Don't you wish your kids would learn that? Yeah. Uh, don't spend beyond your allowance. Uh, two, give generously. If you give, this breaks the hold 
that materialism has on you. Number three, avoid debt. Now, we will be talking in, in, in uh, January, giving you some, some training on that. So not all debt is wrong. My general rule is don't owe for anything that doesn't stand good for itself. In other words, if I pay a down payment on a car, then that car, I should be able to return it to whoever I got it from and then be happy that they got it back with my down payment. If they're going to be mad, then that's not a good deal. Uh, if you buy a house, uh, that's good, hopefully, if you buy wisely. Uh, and there's plenty of people that can help you here with that. But don't be in debt for something that's depreciating faster than you're paying for it. It's worth, le worth less when you drive off the lot. That's not using God's money wisely. Avoid debt. Pay your taxes with gratitude. Why? Because if you're paying taxes, you must have made money. If you made money, good. All right? All right? Uh, yeah, they may not use it right. They may not. That's not your problem. Uh, five, plan for financial margin. In other words, unexpected expenses will come. And then set up long-term goals. Materialism is, well, let me read the sentence before. This is your journey to contentment, confidence, and better communication. God's wisdom changes the way we think and act and communicate regarding money. Materialism is the desire for wealth and material possessions with little interest in ethical or spiritual matters. That's materialism. Mammon, uh, Jesus called it. More now. Consumerism is a heart disease. Your checkbook reveals your values and your priorities. Fear, confusion, and doubt drive people all around us. Three questions. Will I ever have enough? Will it continue to be enough? And how much is enough? Now, I'll put this in the bulletin next week for you also. A.W. Tozer said, what is your treasure? Now, I wish that we had time to stand around and talk about that. What is your treasure? I mean, when you get really down to it, what is so precious to you that really is a treasure to you? And if you whispered in your ear, you, you did good. Okay, uh, what do you value the most? What would you most hate to lose? What do your thoughts turn to most frequently when you're free to think about whatever you want to? And finally, what gives you the greatest pleasure? Those questions, I'll put them in the bulletin next week, but they measure our heart and our relationship with God. Now, God's not up there saying, I'm just so jealous. They don't look. He's got plenty of angels, millions of them worshiping Him. He's got people all over worshiping Him. It is, we were created to worship Him and enjoy Him forever. He wants to be in a faith relationship, an interactive relationship with us. He gives us money to test us, to see, do you love me more than that? Are you willing to let go? Uh, he gives and takes away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. Randy Alcorn says, we have two treasures, two perspectives, and two masters. Each couplet gives us two options and demands one choice. You'll choose what your treasure is. You'll choose what your perspective is. And you'll choose what is mastering you. Unless the right choice is made and tenaciously clung to, the wrong choice will be implemented by default. And people will spend their lives investing in the wrong treasure with wrong perspectives, serving the wrong master. The greatest treasure is Christ himself. Say that with me. The greatest treasure 
is Christ himself. What we do with our money does not simply indicate where our heart is, according to Jesus. It determines where our heart goes. Put your resources, your assets, your money, possessions, your time, talent, and energies in the things of God. And as surely as the compass needle follows north, your heart will follow its treasure. Money leads. The heart follows. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field, which a man found. And he hid it again, then in joy went and sold everything he had and bought that field. Short-term choices are uh, debt, living expenses, investing, saving, taxes, and giving. That's our short-term choices. Long-term, retirement, family needs, maximize giving, start a business, retire all debt, lifestyle desires. Ron Blue uh, told a story that I read this week that said there was a man that he led to the Lord and this man was very wealthy and had all kinds of equipment out in California and he told him, says, I need you to think about just taking your money that you got out there playing around with it, pay off all your equipment. So the man said, okay. He paid off all his equipment. When that great stock market crash came back in 2008, he had all kinds of paid for equipment all kinds of people went out of business. He was able to buy their businesses, take over their businesses and go there and multiplied his wealth. He was operating in God's finances today. What Jesus wants to know first is, does he have your heart? Have you given him your heart? Because that's what he wants the most. He doesn't want your stuff as much as he wants your heart. Have you put your faith in Jesus? You know, it's possible to be sitting in church here. It's possible to hear me talking. And uh, Jesus said it's a sad thing that people will be up knocking at heaven's door. And Jesus said, yes. Well, <laughs> I'm here. And, well, I, I, I want in. I don't know you. What do you mean you don't know me? I heal people in your name. Oh, my name's strong. It heal people. Well, I, I, I cast out demons in your name. People were really impressed. Oh, my name's strong. Demons will leave. But I don't know you. You never surrendered to me. I am not your Lord and Master. Angel is the name in the book. No. Depart from me, worker of iniquity. If you have pulled your hand out of God's hand, if you are living your life independently of him, everything you do is sin. Whatever is not of faith. Is sin. When you're not living in a, a relationship of faith and dependence on him, everything you do is sin. It's his air you're breathing, his food you're eating, his life that you're spending. Uh, you are independent from him. First of all, have you given him your heart? But then for the rest of us here, who you've given your heart to him, day by day we should get up and say, Lord, this is your day, and I am your servant. I am your ambassador on this earth. Please help me to please you. And I tell you what, stuff will happen Annoying things will get in the way. You may have a flat tire. You may have somebody calls you up, tells you this and that. All kinds of stuff happens. But if you dedicate yourself to Jesus and you're his servant, he is Lord of your time. He is Lord of your talents. He is Lord of your treasure. He is Lord of everything. And you can trust him and you can walk with him in the adventure of life in Christ. Keith was telling me two really frustrating things that happened to him this week. Well, God uses those things to train us. God uses those things to help us. God loves you. He can provide everything for you. He says you've got a choice. Is your treasure going to be here in your relationships, in your stuff, 
in all of this, or is it going to be in him? He is my security. Psalm 127, uh, 1 says that unless the Lord builds a house, he labors in vain. Who builds it? Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps watch in vain. It's vain. God says, it's, you're wasting your time. Get up early. Go to bed late. Just scrooging everything that you can. For he gives to his beloved even in their sleep. You can just be laying there and God blessing you. God helping you. Amen. So where we start is if you've got food to eat and clothes to wear, everything else is a bonus. You got a car, you got a house, you got friends, you got health, you got a choice where to go to. We're blessed. We're blessed. Amen. I hope that you know God that way. Lord, we just come to you today. We thank you that we can be sitting in a warm place. There's people in China who are worshiping you in the snow. There's people in North Korea who are hiding. There's that man that we saw in Uzbekistan who has to meet out in a field and they can't even carry a Bible. And his family only had water for a whole week. Oh, Lord. All across the world are people who are in difficult circumstances. We thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Help us, Lord, to give you our heart and to continue giving you our heart to uh, lift up our hands and our hearts to praise you, magnify your name, exalt you, and know that everything that we have is a gift from you, and then to allow you to use us to bless the people around us with our time, our talent, and our treasure. I thank you for the people whose hearts you stirred in this fellowship to serve in so many ways, in giving to Operation Christmas Child, in helping lay carpet and uh, paint walls and do all the things. Be back in the nursery there. We have uh, people serving uh, our children so parents can concentrate. All out in our community, we have people going, touching lives. I thank you to be part of this fellowship that has a heart of love for you, uh, to love you, God, and to love Gilmer. Help us as we work together to uh, be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. And pray that when we face you one of these days, however soon that is, that we'll hear that voice saying, well done, good servant. You did what I want you to do each day. Well done, faithful servant. You kept doing that. We commend ourselves into your hands. Pray that we won't be like the little monkey hanging on to stuff that will cause our death. But pray that we would let go and enter into the freedom of trusting you in a day-by-day -day relationship. We pray that. Thank you, God, that you loved us so much when we were your enemies. You sent Jesus down here to die for us and raised him from the dead. And through faith in him now, we, need, we can be fearless. We can be resurrection children rejoicing in you. Help us to do that. Amen. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.